welcome everybody. Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein. I think this was suggested by Mookie Chilson on a hobby hotline of why don't you guys talk about dollar box etiquette. That applies to quarter boxes, $5 boxes, anything that's a bargain box. And I make a distinction of a box where everything is priced the same. Not a half-off box, that's a different animal, or one-third off, or 17% off, or whatever. Just, they're all cards for a dollar. It's easy to think about that. But uh, before I let uh, my compatriot Rich get started here, thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions. Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. So welcome, Rich. You and I rub elbows at dollar boxes, and I, I've never seen us elbow each other in an aggressive way, but we're sometimes looking at the same stuff. So what etiquette points do you want to point out? There's a couple of things. One is don't go into a box somebody's already in, or don't go into a row somebody's already in. I think that used to happen a lot more back in the day when cards were cheaper and it was a lot more competitive. What I'm seeing, and I saw this at the National too, a lot of us that go through the value boxes know each other at this point. We may not know who everybody is, but we know each other. We know that we have this common interest. And there's almost a camaraderie of people who go through the value boxes. I know at the National, I was sending, and people were sending me back and forth. We were comparing notes about which boxes to go to. Hey, table, three rows down on the aisle. Back corner, they have a dime box, they have a quarter box, they have a dollar box that's worth going through, in my opinion, for you, especially if you see what they pull out. It's not even as much as pulling out cards that I think you're interested in. I think it's more, we're being courteous to each other. And then if you have a question, somebody will try to answer it. And somebody new may come in and try to be courteous to the people coming new if they have questions. Hey, is this person okay? Yes, this person's fine. Go buy this person, you're fine with it. Or never say, why are you buying this? But you can say, no, I think that's good. And oh, if, why are you buying this? I remember I bought a couple Jason Hayward Bowman Chrome rookies last year in a quarter box. And somebody asked me why. And I said, he's with the Dodgers. It turned out he had a really good year. And if the Dodgers had gotten deep in the playoffs, he might have had a good postseason. And at a quarter of card, I thought Jason Hayward's had enough of his career. He was a key member of the 2016 Cubs. His numbers, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's had a nice long-term career. And if he caps it with a decent playoff appearance, then I've got a shot to sell that card when the time comes. So, you know, everybody's got a different dynamic in how they buy and sell cards out of the value boxes. You're talking about going to Toronto in a recent video. You give cards to my employer, Comp C. Well, Com C is going to be set up at the Toronto Expo. You can definitely give Com C all the cards you would give Com C instead of having to carry them back and declare it on the plane. You can definitely give Com C all the cards that you buy at the show you think would be good for Com C. But that's the case where you know your audience, you know what you're buying cards for. You might look and say, okay, I like buying these hockey cards from Pacific that nobody else seems to like. Things like that. Rich, first of all, when I'm in the dollar box and you're in the dollar box, I think they know you more than they know me because you're more vocal. I'm quieter. So I'm just minding my own business, but you're so gregarious that you're a magnet. So the magnet that we both are, perhaps to some degree, means that if people are next to us, I don't think I'm being unreasonable, but I don't like people to be slightly ahead of me. If I'm working you know, from left, I don't want somebody other than perhaps you to be starting on my right 
so that you're always getting first dibs. I think we're looking for different things, so it's not a problem, but I'd rather have somebody be behind me than ahead of me, or if they're going to be ahead of me, be way ahead. Don't be just like slightly ahead of me. That's agonizing. And then another point is I don't like to explain to people what I'm looking for because I'm trying to look for a really broad group of things. And so that makes it awkward when I'm uh, going through somebody's stuff and I'll be sociable with the person next to me. What are you looking for? And they'll tell me, and then they'll ask me, what are you looking for? And I I don't want to say I'd rather not say. That doesn't seem very nice. But sometimes they'll say, I've seen you pulling out cards like this. Do you have interest in this? And then when they've made the trouble to pull it out, I'm thinking, gosh, do I want to tell them, no, I saw that card. I don't want that card. Do I just put it in my pile and say thank you? But then when I've done that a couple of times, then they start bringing me even more. So I don't like people working slightly ahead of me. I like to start at the left and go to the right or start at the right and go to the left. I'm probably more left or right, obviously. Usually I just tell people, especially if it's a dive recorder box, well, I'll buy the card no matter what. And there are two guys who have been to my high school that have played Major League Baseball. So I tell them, if you get Harrison Bader or Pedro Alvarez and it's in a dime box, I'll just take it. You're ahead of me and you want to give it to me, that's fine. Or Pedro Alvarez, that's fine. I won't even discuss that. And then there's a lot of the local people know I like the Rediscover Tops or the Heritage Stamp Tops. And they'll pull those for me too. So I try to create at least a little world where if somebody wants to go to trouble, pull out cards, they at least know a couple things that I would tell them, thank you so much for that without being a problem. And you're right about being known as the card shop. This has nothing to do with cards, but it's a funny story. Dina and I, my wife, we were at a dinner on Saturday night and we run into these two women and one of them was with her husband as we're walking into the restaurant and they're walking out to, we're walking out. It turns out I know the women from walking in the mall early in the morning. And the hostess goes to Dina because one of them comes up and gives me a hug. And the hostess goes to Dina. Is he famous or something? Because because the hostess say, we always run into somebody he knows. And as I say, no, I'm just a little bit known in my business. And she was like, she took a perfect aplomb just thinking, yeah, no, this happens all the time with my husband when he's out. It's not a big deal. But this does actually tie into where I'm going to. When you're out with Diane for dinner, how often do people recognize you? Apparently less than you you get recognized, Rich. But Diane gets recognized. They're, all eyes are on her, not me. Just there, I'm the valet. I'm the driver. But I'm telling the story for a different reason. When I was set up to this very nice guy at the last Smaller Dallas card show, and you were shopping his discount table, and you and him worked out a very good deal. And he had no idea who you were until he saw somebody come up to you and say, I just want to thank you for all you've done for the hobby. Then he realized who you were. He said, Mr. Klein, I'm so glad uh, you sat at my... I'm talking about you. While you were sitting there buying those cards. I need my Rich Klein mask, maybe. One of the things you're mentioning, when I'm sitting there, a lot of times I'll camp out there because it is fun and it's an endurance event if, if they've got a lot of boxes and I'm enjoying it. And so it's my office. I'm, I'm, I'm set up generally in front, but sometimes behind uh, the table. And I'm going to be there and I'm concentrating, but I could still, if somebody comes up, I, it's, it's not like my, my train of thought is crushed if somebody comes up and wants to talk for a while. But I think dollar box etiquette, it wouldn't be good for them to stand there and wait for a break in the action. There is no break in the action. So they just might as well just say, hey, just wanted to ask you a question or say hi or something. 
and and I don't mind, you know, and, and take a little time out to discuss it with them. And some of them get invited to the hobby dinners and things like that, where it's more social because I'm distracted by the cards, Rich. The other thing that's a little tricky, and this applies to you and me, probably maybe more so to me, because a lot of these tables I, I'm buying in a little bit more volume than you. And so I'm getting a discount. I'm not paying a dollar at the dollar box table. I'm paying less. And I think I want to uh, be private, not for my protection, but I don't want to broadcast that I'm paying less than a dollar. But I may be buying hundreds of cards. It's well, I don't want any value box. My rule of thumb is unless it's clear going in that I'm getting a discount is I will want to pull cards that if you're asking a quarter a card, I'm willing to pay the quarter a card or the dollar a card. Then if you want to give me something on top of it, that's fine. But I am satisfied with the price point I'm buying the card at. So if I don't get a discount, I'm still perfectly happy. I'm doing that too. But one of my techniques is I'll say, if I buy a bunch, what would be the quantity price? They say, if you buy a bunch, it'd be 90 cents. I go, what do you mean by a bunch? And they'll say, if you bought 20 or 30 cards or something like that. I said, what if I bought 100 or 500 or something like that? Oh, it'd go a little lower. How much lower? What would I have to, how many would I have to get? And I've already been through a couple of rows to know, to extrapolate that I probably can pick up 500 cards. All of a sudden they think if he gets to 500, we don't think he's going to get there. Then yeah, we'd give him this more substantial discount. But it's worked out in advance, and then I'm prepared to pay it. The other thing that makes people nervous sometimes is I'll whip out a checkbook and pay by a check sometimes. And people, wait a minute, you're taking checks? I say, I'm taking checks from him. <laughs> I'm not taking checks necessarily from you. So is that bad etiquette? No, because they know your check is good. So it's not I like- I'm talking about the bystander that's saying, hey, you took his check, but you won't take my check. And you can say, I've known him for 30 years, 20 years. I know him well enough where I know his check is fine. I don't know you as long. That's how I used to handle things like that. I have gotten the check in so long, I've forgotten what it's like to get a check. But for example, some of the local dealers, like Duke, I will always ask Duke anytime I start looking through his boxes, if it's a dollar box in advance, what price am I buying the card at? Or if it's Ron and Rhett, the Palmers, we have a set price of what I pay them for certain prices. I don't even have to ask. We know what I'm paying them. I can go through and say, okay, fine. Uh-huh. Just, just go ahead. I have a certain price with Ron and Rhett Palmer. Apparently, though, it's a different price with Rhett than it is with Ron. So honestly, I, I paid. Rhett, I Rhett, wait, at the last show. I paid Rhett exactly what I would. They need to communicate about me then, because one of them has a little bit better pricing, I think. And it's- well, I paid them. I know what I pay. So I paid Rhett at the last show without Ron there. What exactly what I would pay Ron? So I didn't have that problem. And as I said with Duke, it was like, okay, these dollar cards are seventy cents. Okay, fine. And I bought them at. One of the last shows, he had a dollar box and there were cards at 50 cents. And, and I'll buy any 62 post football card at 50 cents. One of them turned out to be Jack Pardee. Much to my surprise, Jack Pardee is a short print. I called Duke and says, oh, Duke, I got to give you some more money. I don't mind a good deal. I do mind seeing a card booking at $80 and back it for 50 cents. He's an Aggie. I didn't even realize he was an Aggie. It was more like, oh, okay. okay. You know, one of the episodes we did together was about the first show in Dallas where yes. you that it was a BYOT, bring your own yeah, It was a BYOT. <laughs> dollar box etiquette is sometimes BYOB. You have to bring your own box. Otherwise, they give you a bag or they say, here, take your cards. And so I bring my own boxes just in case, even though they've got tons of boxes there, they want them for their cards and boxes. A double shoe now is five or six bucks. Ron and Rep will sometimes give you a box. 
I know, Especially but that might last be night. because they know you, they know me, but I'm saying I'm yeah. prepared. And so I'm thinking with dollar box etiquette, you probably got to bring your own box. And I do that. I do. I do most of the time, but every once in a while, I forget. I, I, I carry empty box with me okay. in my bags. It was funny in a way at the la- at the national, I didn't bring in any empty boxes with me, but it turned out uh, the person I was buying the boxes from to carry my stuff back knew me. Yeah. And used to donate stuff to the synagogue show. So he sent me this major box later of all sorts of fun, fun things for us. So that became a win. Yes, I gave him money, but then he sent us stuff. And I finally started going through the box, clearing it out. So the next show I'll promote him. The man-